What is up, you guys? Steven Milhausen here. Walkway to Fight Club. Combat Sports reporter for DAZN. It is Thursday, May the 20th. We're almost at the end of May 2021. What a week this has been. Woo-hoo-wee. It's been so busy, I have not been able to get behind the microphone for you guys. A lot going on personally, a lot going on professionally. Just a wonky time in the life of me. But, carving out some time here, knock a couple things out. But, want to give a big shout out here. And I got to give credit here. Now, I, I'm a, I look at the rankings at once a day, once every other day. We were, were ranked once again in Saudi Arabia. Power to the Saudis. I appreciate all the people of Saudi Arabia listening to the Walkway to Fight Club. Also, that was for Apple. We are ranked on Spotify in Vietnam. That's fantastic. Ranked in two countries at the same time. Shows that something is getting done correctly. But I want to thank everyone in Vietnam. I want to thank everyone in Saudi Arabia. I want to thank everyone that has been listening. Last week, we just cranked them out. Boom, 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 boom. You know, and we've, we've, it's like you think about who we've had lately. My goodness. Paul Heyman, Drew McIntyre, Cesaro, our guest today, former UFC bantamweight champion, Cody No Love Garbrandt. He returns to the Octagon Saturday night against Rob Font in the UFC Fight Night headliner. The final UFC event in May. No UFC next week. I don't know what, hopefully UFC PR takes a vacation. A well-deserved vacation. Because good lordy, they deserve it. But, before I even forget, and we'll do a little preview here of UFC Fight Night. Don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe to the podcast. It's simple, guys. It's easy, easy, easy to find. Wherever you listen to a podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart. Wherever you listen Walkway to Fight Club is there. We're in your life. We can go up and down of who's been on this podcast. Just search the library. Tons. Just think about what I said earlier lately. Jeff Jarrett. He's he's made some news. He's got a killer podcast, My World with Jeff Jarrett. Drew McIntyre. The great Paul Heyman. Cesaro. This podcast with with, uh, Cody Garbrandt. I got a couple in the can that I was going to release this week. And just because of all the cast, the way my work schedule went to this week, I try not to, because you guys got to understand, when I'm off, I'm off. Like, work days, like, I'm done for the day. So, like, I can sit here for a little bit, knock this stuff out, and bing, bang, boom. Now, by the time you listen to this, it will be Friday. So, just so you guys know, but... I try to do that just so I don't lose my mind and I don't lose my sanity. But a lot of cool stuff coming. I do promise I got a lot of interviews in the can, and those are going to slowly roll out next week. I promise. Make sure you go to DAZN as well, DAZN.com. Put up a killer. Part one, my interview with good old JR, Jim Ross. JR is awesome. Just give that a whirl. But let's get back to UFC. UFC Fight Night, Saturday night from the Apex in Las Vegas. 
I love the fact this main card starts at 7 Eastern. I also love the fact the Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor card starts at 8 Eastern. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, UFC, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. That means an extremely early night. Thank God. Because I am sick and tired of these late nights, man. They get to you guys. We're working most Saturday nights. They can get, you get a little tired. I'm not going to lie. Especially when you had to flip around and work a Sunday. So, which I don't mind. Which I don't mind at all. And But this is my job. Not even, man, I don't even consider this a job. Tell me I get to talk to the best people in MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. That's pretty cool. I dig that. <laughs> I dig it. I greatly appreciate it. But let's preview Cody Garbrandt, Rob Font real quick. Just you look at the turbulence in the life of Cody Garbrandt. One hitter quitter back in June, last June. Think about that, UFC 250, undeniably or rightfully so, or what the heck were they thinking? The UFC granted Garbrandt a crack at flyweight champ Davison Figueredo for UFC 255, a litany of medical issues. Sideline Garbrandt, Brandon Moreno stepped in and we got, in my mind, the best fight of 2020. And they're going to run it back coming up at UFC 263 on June the 12th out in, I think it's Glendale? It's Glendale or Phoenix. My mind is kind of warped. Somewhere in there, either Glendale or Phoenix, Arizona. Sold out already. $3.3 million gate. So the UFC the, the UFC train keeps rocking and rolling. They're finding spots to go. And, hey, fans are back, and that's pretty cool. And I have my own views on that. But we're not going to be like Bob Arum. We're going to keep going forward. Um, but no, you look at the issues with Cody and then now he's back. Rob Fonts on a great run. Winner of four, three in a row, four of five. Great win over former Bantamweight title challenger Marlon Marais. Stopped him on December 19th. Devault him into the number three position in the rankings. Regardless, whatever you feel about the rankings. But Cody Garbrandt is on a run. He feels like he's ready to make a run at, at the flyweight title. You can tell in his voice he really wants Davidson Figueredo. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, a podcast universe, I'm tired of talking. Here is the former UFC bantamweight champion of the world, no love, Cody Garbrandt. Steven Milhausen here from DAZN and this man, I almost forgot who he was with this beard here. Yeah. I am sincerely jealous. I can't, we're going to talk about that right <laughs> away, actually. He will be heading, he returns to the Octagon coming up on Saturday night at the Apex in Las Vegas. You can catch it on ESPN Plus. The former UFC bantamweight champion of the world, the one and only Cody Garbrandt. And you know what, Cody? I was just, we were talking about this beard. I couldn't grow that to save my life. I'm it's the word beard. I've been growing out all camp. Um, I, I started it last last fight with the sunset. I grew the hair out and the beard out. And as I was like, all right, once I land a fight, I'm going to just grow the beard out. So it's a war beard. I call it the war beard. <laughs> so right here, man. This, this is it. This was, uh, what was this, six weeks? Six weeks of growing out? Not bad. Now, see, and he puts I, a beard away on it. 
six weeks that would take me about six months <laughs> that's <laughs> tough man it's rough it's, it's at that point you're like man you kind of want to just shave it off but hey we're fighting in four days so it'll come off after that and i was gonna ask you so that immediately after the day after yeah. that it's all gone yeah i don't even like i don't like a big beard man it's, yeah, <laughs> i don't like it but everyone's like uh you gotta grow back out grow back out because i grew the hair out i was like man i couldn't grow the hair in the beard i was just too much last time uh too much conditioning uh but <laughs> <laughs> you know i was in the shower too long like, yeah get the fuck out of here but uh yeah we, so we just kept it wore a beard so yeah now what does the family think because if, if i did that my wife gets mad when i don't shave for like a week really? so i can only imagine six weeks yeah she wasn't uh she's not a big fan of like a beard no she never was yeah um well yeah my, my son my son uh, i took home with it i remember my grandfather used to have a huge beard like this when we were kids and he used to hold us down and do the same shit so it kind of like it brings me back to those days and he's like oh, your beard tickles me dad your beard your beard <laughs> so he, he, he laughs and giggles all the time so yeah kind of it's cool how old's your son he's three years old now he turned three in march Oh, happy birthday. I got a four and a, a soon-to-be five-year-old and a soon-to-be three, two-year-old. So I know wow. how it feels in the dad department. Now, we talking more kids soon, Cody, or we holding tight? Uh, man, I just, I, I love my son. I love being a father. Honestly, that's the greatest title that I've ever held. Um, some of my best days, a lot of my best days are with him, spent with him. Uh, really, actually just doing really nothing, man. Just being in his presence and watching him grow and you know, collaring with them and just teaching them how about life. You know, that's something that's, man, those, those, that's priceless. You know, obviously you being a father, you know, um, how priceless those are. And, um, I'm just excited to go out here and get this win. He's excited to see me on TV and, you know, this last camp, um, we had some, you know, ESPN years of age now. So like ESPN and some of the UFC camera crews came and cool. did film and he's all pumped. He's like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to be on TV too. I'm like, yeah, you can watch that. Uh, I was like, you can watch dad fight on TV. He's like, yeah, I said, I'm going to be on, Kai's going to be on TV too. He's like, I'm, he's pumped. So I'm, I'm hopefully he sees the, the countdown show and, and, and sees that he's all pumped. I mean, he's, he's my road dog. He goes to the gym with me. He awesome. trains, he fights and, uh, he, he works out. You see him doing the same thing, you know, the team is doing, he's on the treadmills, he's doing the rowing machine. Like, oh, wow. he, yeah, he wants his guy's own boxing gloves. He brings and, and heaven forbid, if I forget those at the house, man, he is pissed that he doesn't have his <laughs> box. Gloves. He gets so mad, so mad. He said one blow up at the gym that usually okay. he does so good. One blow up at the gym. Cause I didn't let him, we have a, a section of white mats that I let him kind of play on the bigger mats, the area where we, where we train at their blue mats he was so mad that I wouldn't let him go spar on the blue mats. And oh. like, it like paused my training for like 20 minutes of sparring. I had to wait till my, you know, my training partners, like I had to do my own sparring. So I'm like, Hey guys, let me just calm down. All we wanted me to do the, to solve the problem was go out in the blue mats. We sparred for like two minutes and he was content. He's like, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, I was, it was 20 minutes ago. Like he was throwing a health. It's just a, a fit. And he never does. And uh, yeah, so he, it's so cool having him at the gym, just seeing him. And he came in my last sparring session. And, uh, you know, the last one you're in camp, you're, it's, it's, it's brutal. You know, it was like 93 degrees out. The freaking gym was hotter than it was, it was outside. And I had, you know, I was getting shark tanks. So I was having new opponents on me each time. And he was coming in, he coming in and give me water in between the rounds. And he's like, you're all sweaty. He's like, you're all sweaty. And then, uh, 
after the round, I had my hands up, you know, like visualize you won, you won, you know, like that. He's like, Daddy, you won, man, you won. Like, yeah, he's all pumped. And so yeah, it's cool, man. It's just a different, uh, different energy, you know, um, oh, yeah. having a set of eyes on you that look up to you so much, and you know, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy having him in the, in the gym with me. It's fun, man. It's just a different, uh, feel like a different life that I'm living, uh, being a father and him at an age that he can communicate and comprehend a lot of things that's going on in life. You know, I talked to a bunch of different, whether it's fighters in the UFC or Bellator or guys in boxing or guys in pro wrestling and everyone's different when it comes to fatherhood and motherhood and right. in terms of inspiration and how much of an inspiration is he for you? Oh man, I th- he's, he's my driving force, you know, um, for sure. I, I, you know, my, my dreams and goals are, you know, above, you know, what I can probably believe and, you know, really, really focus on and, and do, yeah. but he's my driving force that makes me get up and do the extra work. It makes me get up and do those workouts that you don't want to do. It makes me, you know, when you're doubting yourself, like, oh, maybe I should just, you know, go in the afternoon. You know, it's, it's him, you know, I want to make sure that he knows that, you know, about work ethic and dedicating yourself, setting goals, you know, when it becomes of age to understand what those things are. But he always, you know, he's in the gym with me and, you know, you know, he's like, Hey, he's like, you working hard down. I'm like, yeah, we're working hard, man. Like, like gotta work hard. You know, he's a like, big fight camp. We're in fight camp, you know? And so he's like, we're going to fight camp. You know, he always tells his mom when I pick him up, I'm going to fight camp, you know, we're working hard. And then, um, you know, just little things like that. So yeah, he's definitely my driving force, you know, definitely, man, that helps you get up and, put an extra work because you know that's that's how he gets fed you know i have to provide for him and and, and show him the ropes that's what i tell my son i tell my oldest and he he finally gets it now like he finally within like the last year really start year and a half really started a gig it's like we were at t-ball and then we're driving home i'm like i'm going to interview cody garbrandt and he's like daddy it's work time we got to get down there it's like we're ready to work so it's like yeah he said he that, looks dude. and he looks at the he's i'm like you want these toys you want to watch this on TV? I got to go do this. And he's yeah. like, all right, daddy, we got to go rock and roll. So I, I definitely yeah. know where you're coming from in terms of the source of inspiration and want to get to the fight a little bit. And this has been, this has been a weird 11 months for you. Cause it seems sure. like that great win over a sun South, the one hitter quitter. And it seems like you're back on track. You're ready to fight for the, go down to flyweight, fight for the title. And then, what happened to a lot of people in the last year, COVID. And yeah. how would you just describe these last 11 months? Because this, you went from the highest of highs of getting back on track and then to the lowest of lows. Yeah, it was tough, man. I was, you know, I worked so hard to get back in the winter calm and what I was able to do inside there, you know, to, you know, just remind everybody, you know, what I'm here to do and what I'm capable of doing each and every outing inside the octagon to getting, you know, back to the title contention at a different weight class, you know, that opportunity is very exciting, you know, definitely feel like I, I carve Figgy up, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So that was the fight that I was excited for. And then obviously, you know, we're in a pandemic and COVID happened and COVID hit me hard. I mean, it was, I had about every symptom that you could have. And, um, you know, it was just battled through it, trained through it, worked out through it. Just I never let my body kind of get a rest and it kind of just, you know, just took over. I mean, there was not much I could do, um, do for it. 
when was the biggest realization when you knew you had to shut it down? Because like you said, you were trying to grind through it. You were trying to still, because I've talked to different fighters and, and other athletes and they've done this and like when they get in it's like i want to keep going i got to i feel like i got to yeah. keep going one in turn that ends up being the worst thing for them so right. when did you come to that realization cody where you were like this is i gotta shut this down the fight can't happen and i gotta try to get better first you know i was like getting really exhausted after working out and i was like you know what fuck it this is this is the grind this is what happens this is you know down my mind like this is it this is how you're gonna feel the whole camp like, this is you know, not knowing that I had COVID, that'd work out and literally feel like, man, I was going to, if I didn't like lay down, like I was like, I've never been that fatigued in my life after one training session. Like, oh, there's something to right that I would have laid down and wake up. I'd have vertigo. The room would be spinning. I'm like, oh man, that it would kind of like go away. Then I'd be nauseous for like three or four days to where I couldn't do the grappling or the mixed martial arts. So I was just doing conditioning and, and lifting in certain ways that I wasn't, you know, having, you know, me in these different, you know, um, positions of, you know, the martial arts, you know, you're in uncomfortable positions a lot. So I was just trying to keep my lungs open, stay, stay training. Like, Hey, this shit will stop. Cause I had vertigo for, a, that was my first symptom. Oh, wow. and I'm like, Oh, it'll go away. Maybe the crystals will reside back in the regular tubes. And, you know, I've had it before and it lasted a little bit, but this was different than the previous time. Cause I was so fatigued and wheezing was in my chest but i didn't know you know like i said i started cycling around that time and we had a lot of fires that were really close and the index was like 400 and i was doing you know up to 100 miles you know on, on the bike you know 50 to 100 miles like every couple of days just to get the conditioning because i couldn't grapple i couldn't do anything um pad 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 work shit like that like it got me i had got vertigo so bad from that so being in the bike i just was kind of in that position where i wasn't like you know i wasn't turning my head wasn't i was just literally pumping my legs and burning my lungs and uh so i like wheezing in my chest and just like thought it was from the smoke outside you know like i, I would try to go early in the morning like 5 4 35 in the morning when the smoke wouldn't roll in and then by the time it would be like you know 10 11 the index would be horrible so i try to get done before that wow. um and yeah, then I, you know, I ended up getting pneumonia, uh, vertigo, pneumonia, um, ended up tearing my vein in half, having three blood clots in my arm, had to go on blood thinners for about four months. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, and it was like one of those things like, damn, like just bad timing for it. Like I always took COVID serious. Obviously people are dying from it and shit like that. I ever said if I had it, like I would fight it off and be good. I'm in good shape. I, I rest, I recover, I, I, I take care of my body. Um, but not knowing I had it and pushing it through it like that. I mean, I was doing hundred mile cycling rides at a high, high, you know, wattage and average miles per hour and doing training conditioning. And then I was like, all right, I feel good today. And I go and do an MMA workout and then, you know, feel horrible after. And it was like, just this constant, like a couple months of just like up, down, up, down, up, down. I was up getting ready for this title fight until I finally like and you know tear, tore my vein and woke me up in the middle of the night just my arm woke up i thought i tore my bicep i was my arm was like three times the size of it by the elbow oh, and the yeah. bicep the vein ruptured ripped in half and this blood was filled in my arm my whole mm -hmm. my whole vein from down to my from my middle of my bicep all the way down to my uh hand basically was like an electrical cord like it was so hard you couldn't touch it like i couldn't even yeah. hitting it it was so super sore since then i was like oh man it's something hard so and I'm going to my doctor and then they, I went and had to do an urgent ultrasound 
uh, MRI. And then they're like, oh, I didn't see nothing. And they went, went get an ultrasound. Like, yeah, you have blood clots. And was like, it literally took it to the hospital. And I was doing, got some injections of blood thinners in my thigh for like three days in a row to like speed it up, you know, because they didn't want it to break off and, you know, travel. And I was on blood thinner for about four months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was, And it was then you found out after that you had COVID, then they were like, hey, let's test you and let's see what's going on. Well, I know I had, I, I had COVID. Um, and I did like the 14 days or whatever it okay. was of, okay. of isolation. Okay. Um, and then, but I was like, then I went back to the gym. Um, and I said, I was just it kept a good, good shape. And I had a fight coming up. I wasn't pulling out of it. fit with the Infigurator. And then um, you know, I hit pads for the first day. Felt great, on point, sharp, fast, quick movement everything i was like man didn't miss a beat like let's go yeah. we're, we're gonna smash this for <laughs> and my bicep kind of felt a little tight after i was like oh, okay that kind of feels weird maybe just you know but my biceps always were you know i hit with power and speed and you know that, that's the first thing i get sore on me is my biceps from from pad work and from not doing it for a while and um but then i went to bed that night and i woke up like three four in the morning with excruciating pain like i was like oh man my arm like and I was like, kind of was like, oh, I got to get to sleep. And like, my brother was out um, visiting and I was like, man, I was like, woke up in the morning. I was like, therefore, and he was up, I showed him my arm. I was like, man, there's something wrong. I think my, I got an infection in my arm or something. And I didn't know. Well, he's like, holy shit. Like my arm was like three times the size of it. So that's why I was like, you know what? I had to practice in the morning and I ended up texting the coach. Like, Hey man, I'm going to come to practice. Like I'm going to go to the doctor real quick, but I got hill sprints in the evening. I hit the hill sprints up you know um just didn't want to miss any training any, anything man i was just like you know getting ready for this world title fight and you know that happened so um you had to regroup let my body heal and you know and that was the right thing to do you know so it took four months to finally get i would say better, yeah. upwards of probably six months man to finally oh. feel like to finally feel like myself again like the mental fog, uh, man, that was pretty tough. The vertigo, like the, obviously the, the blood clots, the pneumonia. Um, it was tough, man. It was definitely challenging. Um, but I stayed training through it all, you know, did what I could do, kept the lungs, you know, opened up, the body moving. And, uh, you know, just was waiting. After I got healthy, I was ready to get back in the gym, was ready to get a fight, you know, and waited for quite some time. And then the opposite of the UFC, you know, pegged us. Uh, for May, which was, was perfect for me to give myself some time to train prior to jumping into fight camp. Um, so yeah, it was good. How did you know when you were ready to go? Um, I think it was, you know, I, I wanted to put in, it was bi-weekly. I would be like, all right, how, how am I feeling daily? I would check in with my coaches, kind of see the weekly. And then we'd add more stress, more stress, more stress and tour like, all right, we're doing, you know, six rounds of sparring. We're doing, you know, the full training that we're getting ready to train for a fight. And I was like, all right, hey, let's, let's jump in the camp. We did that for two weeks. Yeah. Pushed hard, fell back, pushed hard, fell back. So I'm like, all right, let, let's see how the body resets after some break and goes back to it. So it's almost like, so it was kind of like a, you know, a scientist uh, experiment, you know, with yeah. how the body would feel and how, how my recovery. And honestly, I wear the whoop 
and the aura ring. So knowing oh, yeah, nice. like my HRV, my rest, my my strand, my heart rate, how well I was recovering, um, helped out a lot. There's some days like, man, there were some days like when I had COVID, like I would wake up like one percent recovered, not like just be dude, like yeah, like wow, crazy, crazy. Wow. So like having that those kind of technology to track your your HRV, which is your heart rate variable, um, you know, your resting heart rate, your sleep. It's helped out so much. And that's how I, I got actually on the whoop before I had COVID. So I was like, all right, you know, Frankie had it. And a couple yeah. of my teammates out at um, Alpha Male were doing it. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's check it out. So I wear it every day. You know, I check my sleep, sleep score, my resting heart rate, my heart rate variable, um, all that stuff. So it was a huge tool to kind of know, like, you know, when to push from the pool. Did you watch Figueredo Marino in November? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did you make of that fight? Because a lot of people pegged that as the right around the, the first or second best fight of the year. What did you make of their performance? What did you make of that fight? Over? I mean, it was good, good, like it was an entertaining fight, but I saw a lot of holes in both Moreno and, you know, Figgy. I think if Moreno could bust a grape, he would have dropped Figgy. And I don't think if Figgy's wrestling was a lot better, he wouldn't get as tired to be able to stop Moreno. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's an exciting fight for me after seeing that. I was like, man, super excited, to, uh, you know, but I knew it was going to a draw. Yeah. Um, I, ca- I called it. I was like, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a majority draw. And uh, that's what it happened to be, and I had to wait, you know, like, you know, talk to the UFC, like, well, now they're going to run this back. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, that, that's – I get it. Like, a draw, you got to do a draw back. So I'm not going to sit and wait. Like, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been ready. Obviously, COVID kind of, you know – took me out of the game a bit but i want to fight so that's when uh they paired me with rob font and main event and I'm excited man i'm excited to go out there putting so much preparation for this fight and excited to go out there and get this finish i think a lot of people wonder i mean it was something i was wondering when this fight was made and you know when they made figgy and moreno was there any thought in your mind or your team's mind to get a fight in at 25 just to see how the cut is do another cut get to 26 or even get to 25 get the championship weight just to get accustomed to that weight cut no i mean i've been cutting weight my whole entire life you know wrestling and one thing about me i'm so dedicated once i make my mind up of doing something i get it done um a lot of these 25 pounders you know i can think of five off the top of my head that weigh more than me you know figurado was at our gym for a few camps and he was bigger than me you know, walked around more than me. There's another couple other fighters that are at 25 that I know that walk around more than I do. Um, and I, mean, I don't even, I eat what I want during 35, 25, I would just diet, you know, I'd just yeah. do a diet, not even a strict diet. I would just diet and eat right and not let the pounds come off. You know, I woke up at what, 47 today, you know, Ooh, I had sushi okay. last night, you know, like, yeah, a lot of these guys can't do it. Like oh. I'm still working out. I work out all the way up to the fight. Like, I Thursday, I'm still working out and I cut my weight. And then Friday's off my recovery rest day, basically, because we weigh in, replenish. Yeah. Uh, but I work out, I'm still working out, you know, eight to 10 rounds hard all the way up to the fight. You know what I mean? Where a lot of these guys got to stop the last two and a half, three weeks of camp and more focused on cutting the weight. Like that's taken out of your training because you have to worry about your weight. You know, like I, I, I stay in shape year round. I eat clean year round. I, you know, I'm not a big person into, you know, sugar's like, don't get me wrong. Like I'll, I'll, I'll blaze up a joint, 
you know, get the munchies, but you know, that's, that's, you know, here and there, I'm not you know, doing that every single day eating like that, but I reward myself, you know, you have to, there's, you have to do everything in moderation, but um, yeah, I mean, I, it, not saying it would be easy. It, it's, it's doable, you know, it's just about making it, making it happen and uh, getting the right fight. Obviously fighting for the title would be great. I know I'll make the weight class. I know a lot of 25 pounders weigh a lot more than me and I don't diet for 35. I, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy fighting. I don't have to like kill myself to go, you know, fight. And so that's where I'm at with that. Have you been given an assurance if you do what you feel like you're going to do on Saturday that you will get that crack? You can go down to 25 and get the winner of Figgy and Marino. Yeah, I think so. You know, that's something that I go and do, you know, if I, you know, come off of two big knockout wins against guys that are in the top five in the division above that, you know, and I'm a former world champion that's, you know, pay my dues in the UFC for them. Um, I was granted the title shot. You know, I think I bring a lot of eyes to the, to the flyweight division for sure. Um, you know, and that's if Figgy gets past them, you know, um, I want to fight Figgy. You know, I think that Figgy will win, but um you know, excited for that fight. Like first and foremost, I'm focused on Rob and what I gotta go out there and do. And I'm just excited to fight, man. Like I can't wait to get my hands on this dude and uh and, you know, get him hurt and take him out. Two more questions, Cody, and thank you so much for the time today. As always, it's greatly appreciated. And I wouldn't be reminisce if me when me and you chat, we don't talk about your good buddy TJ Dillashaw. And <laughs> well, I was like, <laughs> I knew he get you to smile there. And what do you make? I know you've been very harsh on him, as have a lot of people, and rightfully so what do you make of him pulling out and is that a fight you feel like you want and before you hang it up that's a fight you have to you feel like you have to run back i'm gonna fuck him up simple as that you know that's uh that's a fight that you can say whatever you want about this you know about what happened in, in our fights you know you were to open up 100%. 100%. You can look back on what I stated. I just wanted more invasive testing. USADA doesn't test repeal. They just started to do blood work. I got blood work about two weeks ago when USADA came, brought a phlebotomist. And before it was fucking this thing you put on your shoulder and let it drain in your arm for 10 minutes. Like, oh, we're testing this out. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, bring you're going to test us. You're like, we're not on, these guys aren't on steroids. You know what I mean? Like these guys aren't on like bodybuilding steroids to gain muscle. They're on cardio enhanced. Cause who has the best cardio is mainly probably going to win a tough fight. You know yeah. what I mean? Is ever going to be able to recover better, train harder, train longer, you know? And that's what it is. Endurance. We're endurance athletes in here, you know? Um, so you saw, I can say whatever they want to say about having, you know, tested TJ samples in the back. If you think you have people fooled that you have from three, two years ago, and there's 600, over 600 fighters on the roster, you think you have a bank full of piss samples saved? Where are you saving these at? You saw to go back and test these. Like I, but you know why? Because you've got to go back and test other people that failed, and it'd just be, a tra- it'd be all bad. It would be all bad have to go back and test people's piss that they had for this fight. Like, oh, he popped for this fight. Let's go back and test. You're saying that you saved him. It is what it is. So uh, karma caught up to him, you know, and the legal standpoint and the suspension, but I'm the baddest motherfucking karma that he's ever going to face. And, uh, you know, he caught me in a dying period in my life and where I wasn't really focused and hungry. And, 
you know, had a lot of other shit, you know, no excuses going on, but uh, that's a fight that I will have and I will revenge those losses and make sure that's the only way that I can sit here and say all this, but at the end of the day, we got to fight. Yeah. Let me prove it. Let me prove that he was on this shit. We'll see how this next fight goes with him. You know, he's got to keep winning. He's got a tough fight with Cor- uh, Corey Sanhagen. Um, you know, I think TJ wins that fight. Um, but yeah, um, that's a fight that's, man, that's, that's a fight that I want back more than anything, you know, more than a title shot. That's a fight that I want. You know, that's a fight that I want back and I, I deserve. I called that shit out, man. You know, it stole a lot from me, you know, stole a lot from me and uh, stole a lot from everybody in the sport. You know, I think that when you do that, man, it just, I said, there's, there's, you can't cheat the system. It's going to find ways to find you and it's, it's going to haunt you. And, you know, I mean, that's how your legacy is tarnished. You can sit there and say you did these UFC, this and that, or you've been on that shit forever, you know? And how I stated that when I wanted to fight him, because I know I whooped his ass even when he was on it, I whooped his ass, you know? Um, but knowing you hit someone like that, like I dropped him in Madison Square Garden, he's walking in potholes back to his corner and he comes out like nothing. You don't tell me you're not on an aid and supplement there, you know? The, your brain, the blood, you know, flow gets back, turned back on. Like yeah. he came out ready to go, you know what I mean? In a minute, like, come on. Most people, they'll come back from those shots, you know. So it is what it is, man. That's a future fight for me that I can't wait to get back. And, you know, just disrespectful what he did to the sport, you know. And But karma's coming, man. Like I said, he's, he already had to deal with his two-year suspension, which was like was a slap on the wrist, you know. Taking EPO is by far the worst. You know, fuck it. If it's HGH, it's HGH. Test. But EPO, man, that's conditioning-based. You know, that's you yeah. don't get tired. You train better, you can recover easier. You know, that's that's where I'm at with it. You stole my follow up, but I'll end with this. When you envision the fight in your head, Cody, you're laying there now and you go to bed and you're thinking about what's going to happen on Saturday night. How do you beat Rob Font? Now I'm going to wake up in the morning, flip a coin, flip a coin, and decide whether I'm going to take him out, which round, how I'm going to take him out, you know, which hand. Um, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to wake up in the morning Saturday and uh, flip a coin. Lands on head, it's the right hand, and lands on tails, is the left hand. <laughs> I've never talked – I've never had a – I've been doing this 11 years. I've never had a fighter say that, boxing nor MMA. Yeah, I just I, – I, I believe in myself, man. I believe in – I got speed and power in both hands. And if he wants to stand up a war, he's going to, you know, he, you come knocking on a devil door, man. Sooner or later, he's going to answer. And uh, Saturday, I'm going to answer that call. I'm going to somehow find a way to put that in this feature. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to fight. I'm going to find a way to fit that in. I think that's brilliant. Cody, it's been a long time since we chatted, my friends. Good to get you back in the octagon. Glad you're Thank healthy. You, buddy. Glad you're alive. Glad everything's yeah. going great. Take care of business on Saturday night, my friend. Bring home that victory. And hopefully we're talking about either TJ Dillashaw next or fighting for the flyweight title. Whoever, man. Yeah, TJ. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Cody. Talk soon, buddy. Bye. Bye. A big thank you to the former UFC bantamweight champion of the world, the one and only Cody Garbrandt. He headlines the last UFC show for the month of May, UFC Fight Night. From the Apex out in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can catch that on 
exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Looking forward to that fight. That fight's going to be fun. If you want to watch grappling, this fight will not be for you. It will be a slugfest. Now, I forgot to give my prediction earlier. I'm going with Cody Garbrandt. It just seems like talking to Cody. And I want to give Cody credit. We talked beforehand. And we had said he had go was like, I'm like 10, 15. <laughs> I went 25. I'm like, I am so sorry. He's like, man, he's like, we were rolling. We hadn't talked in a while. He's like, Steve, it was great. So that always means a lot. You know when a fighter's just in the good flow of conversation and you can tell when they want to cut you off and they want to be done. He wanted to keep going, and that meant a lot. And so that means I'm doing my job. So that is fantastic. But, no, I'm looking forward to that fight. One of the bigger names in the sport, especially in the lighter weight classes. Cody Garbrandt's got a big name, former Bantamweight champion. One of the big – you know, he beat the GOAT at 135. When you steamroll the GOAT at 135 and Dominic Cruz, you're pretty special. At least in my mind, you are. And then Cody Garbrandt is special. Now that he's healthy, he's, he's in a good frame of mind. If he's in a good frame of mind, he's got his shit together. Watch out. I think Cody Garbrandt can make a serious run at the Bantamweight title. Or if he wants it, like he told us, he wants to go down to flyweight and go capture flyweight gold. I'm cool with that, too. But one of the great guys in the sport, Cody Garbrandt. So I'm really looking forward to that return coming up this weekend, Saturday night, and the mood is right, from the Apex out in Las Vegas. Also, big boxing this weekend. We talked about earlier, Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. We will crown an undisputed junior welterweight champion. Ramirez, the WBC and the WBO junior welterweight champion, and Josh Taylor, the IBF and the WBA 140-pound champion, be the second, think about that, the second flyweight, the second 140-pound undisputed champion in the last four years, Terrence Crawford, last five years, Terrence Crawford back in, 2000, in 2016 became the undisputed king of 140 pounds, stopping Julian Sandango. So, that's an awesome fight. I'm going with Josh Taylor. No offense to Jose Ramirez. He, 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 he's done great things to get to this point. But if you look at quality of opposition, it belongs to Josh Taylor. Regis Progray dwarfs anyone Jose Ramirez is facing. Jose Ramirez's best opponent was Victor Postel. And he barely won that. And I actually had that a draw. Terrence Crawford wiped out Postel. Josh Taylor's best win Beating Regis Progray in one of the best fights in here, and Regis Progray to me is the number three guy at 140 pounds. So if you look at just the quality of opposition Taylor's been facing down the line here, you know, he, he beat Ivan Branchik. He mopped the floor with him. This is like everything I see from Josh Taylor is just spectacular. One of the best guys in the world, one of the top pound for pound fighters. I like Josh Taylor becoming, bringing the belts across the Atlantic to the UK as the undisputed junior welterweight champion. And we'll see what happens from there. Bob Arum. Let's see if Bob Arum can make a fight between Terrence Crawford and Josh Taylor. Bob Arum has had a shitty week and rightfully so. We'll get into that at another time. But now I've made my points clear on that. But 
coming up, guys. And thank you to Cody Garbrandt once again. Thank you to you the UFC for coordinating that interview. Lots of lots of lots of great stuff. Next week is loaded. Loaded. Promise. Monday, I'm going to release it. Good old JR. My pal. I got some pals in, in the combat sports game. Good old JR, Jim Ross. We'll talk about studio sessions with Jim Ross's newest venture for adfreeshows.com. We talk about why he decided to bring those back. And I thought it was a really cool process of how that all came about. I thought that was pretty awesome. We'll talk about that. We talk about the end of the line. When does he see himself leaving does, leaving pro wrestling? Does he see a light at the end of the tunnel? A very, very intriguing answer I thought Jim gave. We talk about AEW, going back on the road. And we'll end that part. With, and a very interesting, at least I thought, a very interesting answer on, he gave guys who the pillars of AEW and we – We've talked to, we talked to one of them recently with Sammy Guevara. But a name he gave me really piqued my interest. And then what he said, and it was a guy I really wasn't thinking about as who could potentially be one of those guys. So th- stay tuned in for that. Lot, we talked 45 minutes, guys. There's a lot of meat to the bone in that interview with Jim Ross. Kofi Kingston will join the podcast next week. He will be for Tuesday. Kofi Mania running wild. Kofi Kingston, a big week for the former WWE champion. Beat Randy Orton and the current WWE champion, almighty Bobby Lashley. A big week for Kofi. I'm talking to Kofi Kingston tomorrow. That interview will be in audio form on Tuesday. It'll be available on thezone.com on Monday to promote Monday Night Raw and everything going on. With the great Kofi Kingston. Chuck Liddell. Joins the podcast. I was going to air this a few weeks ago. And I just never really got around to doing it. We're going to air that interview with the Iceman. Thursday. This one was awesome. I loved it. We went 70 minutes. The great Eric Bischoff. Eric will be joining us. Friday, I have not decided yet. It's down, I got it between two interviews. And I don't know which one I'm going to do yet. But I'll give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of what the schedule is going to be. Monday, Jim Ross. Tuesday, Kofi Kingston. Wednesday, Chuck Liddell. Thursday, Eric Bischoff. Friday, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I got two big interviews. I forgot about the other one. Former WCW Tag Team Champion. And former WWE Tag Team Champion. So that, that gives you a little bit of a hint. You kind of figure it out. But don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe. Any of your favorite podcasting platforms. There's like 125,000 of them. Pick one. Walk with the Fight Club. You name it, it is there. I promise. It's there. We got Bailey. Drew McIntyre. We got <laughs> Paul Heyman, Sammy Guevara. We got the Young Bucks, John Moxley. Oh, God, I'm having a brain cramp. 
<laughs> I really, 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 really am. Cesaro, you name it, they're there. I promise. Sasha Banks. I'm not Sasha Banks. Why did I say Sasha? Why did I say Sasha Banks for? I'm so Drew McIntyre. I promise they're there. Listen, you guys will enjoy. It, I do promise. But you can find me on Twitter at smealhausen jr. And don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe. Whether it's iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all your favorite podcasts and platforms, it means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you to Cody Garbrandt. The best of luck to him on Saturday night. And don't forget, next week, Jim Ross, Kofi Kingston, Chocolate L, Eric Bischoff, and me. And there's going to be one more, but I got to decide which one I want to put out. This is Steven Mielhausen. I will talk to you guys later. Mwah. Peace.